2: The Manawak Caves is intended for mature audiences. It contains strong language and depictions of bullying, violence, and sexual assault that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Also, this is an extremely immersive experience, and headphones are recommended. You're listening to The Manawak Caves, a production of iHeartRadio, Blumhouse Television, and Psychopia Pictures.
3: I drove to Nashville with tears in my eyes. I knew my father loved me. I didn't know he was the love of a monster. Come on, come on, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, come on. This
1: is Jill Campbell.
3: Jill? Jill? Where are you?
1: On my way to meet LeBlanc in Nashville. Where are you?
3: I have something. Something new.
1: What do you mean?
3: I have some new evidence. I know who did it.
1: Uh, Okay, Julian. Just slow down. Now, what are you saying?
3: I know who killed them.
4: It's your buddy Tyler here too, right?
3: What? Yeah, he's right across the hall. And he's already told us the truth.
4: So what's it gonna be? Your story or his? Now talk. James Fincher wanted to take them out to the caves,
5: didn't he? Answer me, baby. Here in my hand, I believe.
4: And you see here? Where it's been stretched and torn, Mr. Solis. I have a little hunch it matches the fabric found at the crime scene. Red wool
5: fibers, just like the ones found under Thomas Hadley's fingernails.
4: Turn around. face the sinking. You gonna shoot me, Paul?
3: Finch was going to be executed in a matter of hours for a crime he didn't commit. I drove to Nashville. And as I looked at the red scarf on the passenger seat, it triggered something. It dislodged a memory. Dad? was a memory of the day my father broke. Oh, God, the fog retreated and the memory of it slammed across my mind, hard and pointed. A perfect reprisal of his backswing. This... It's your fault. I remember the impact. I felt wet when he did it. Smell metallic and when I touched the back of my lips, my fingers came back red. Dad? Dad, am
1: I... am I... bleeding?
4: This is not your blood, boy. I'm your father. It's my job to protect you. This is all because of that boy. If he hadn't shown up right after your mother died. Now, have those highly boys was a... unfortunate mistake. Horrible, horrible accident. Sure. Sure, I... Huh? I should have taught you better. I, but I was... I was too soft. and let your mother stop me. But it was a mistake. If someone hits you, you hit back harder. If only you would have told me if only if only I I, I knew they were beating you. My boy. I could have stopped it. I would have. I would have pulled Bobby Hadley out of his fucking Yukon and kicked the living shit out of him in front of his two rat faced little fucking kids. Daddy. But I didn't no, they want to take you away from me, Dad. Just, just sit down. I don't want to hear another goddamn word, You. What am I supposed to do, Julian? Can you listen to me. You are gonna step up. You step right up on that stand. You hear me? And you're going to tell them exactly what they want to hear. What? You're going to tell them, under oath, James Fincher killed Deacon and Thomas Hadley.
3: What? What are you saying? Now, you saw it happen.
4: James Fincher killed Deacon and Thomas Hadley.
3: But he didn't!
4: What did I just say to you? They wanted to be James Venture. Hold down Hooper's begging for it And you You are gonna give them What they want They'll take you away They'll take you away from me So better him Than you Is the only way Just give them what they want Julie. Can you do that? me for your mother please oh I'm begging you Do you hear what I just said do you hear me
3: this memory had been so perfectly so neatly hidden My father stepped into the doorway of my room, hesitating, reaching down and picking it up. The red scarf, the same red scarf, now tattered and caked with dirt, lying here in the passenger seat beside me. And my father held the scarf to his nose. Still smells like her, he said. It still smells like your mother. And As I remembered this, this image of my father silhouetted in the doorway, wearing coveralls and cradling in the red scarf, his cracked and calloused hands, I knew that. He's never left. Not completely, no. He's still here. Or what remains of his tortured soul. A gray man who lurks in the fog of Manawa County. Or at least... In the long shadows of my mind, watching, trying to make contact, trying to tell me something.
1: Well, I've been there five now. I've been there five. I've got four more until the kids are out of high school.
3: Morning, Leblanc. I need to see him. He's expecting me. No, 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 hold on. I, 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 you can't go back there. Yeah, that Let's 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 not overthink. Mr. Leblanc, I, I uh. Jesus, Julian.
2: Why are you covered in dirt,
3: Mr. Leblanc? I,
1: Julian, I, I, I was just explaining to Ed that you may have found something.
3: The hell is that? A scarf. That's
2: that scarf. Just listen. <laughs>
3: That's my father. <laughs> I'll do anything I have to protect my boy. Oh my God. Oh. Detective Smith's car was found in the gorge down below our old home. It wasn't Venture. <laughs> it was my father.
4: Julian, I-, I think you should have said I... Uh,
3: I'll get some water.
5: It was my father.
1: My God. I need to get these to the lab.
5: We don't have much time.
3: LeBlanc and Joe Campbell were preparing materials for the governor to review, so I left LeBlanc's office and headed for the River Bend Maximum Security Prison. It's only 13 miles from LeBlanc's office. I went to tell Finch everything. That I'd found new evidence that could save his life, to tell him that I'd uncovered the truth once and for all about who murdered Thomas and Deacon Hadley. Julian. Hey, man. Listen, thank you for putting me on the list today of all days. Finch, I'm here to tell you something, something How's big. How is the weather? Come on, man.
5: No, no, no. I'm i am not kidding. Is it sunny or is it foggy? You're my last visitor. After this, they're moving me. Where? The death house. And I'm looking forward to the ride over, because it'll be the last time that I get to see the light of day, so... I was hoping for sunshine.
3: It won't be your last. There is still time for a petition, for a stay of execution, and I—we have enough evidence now. We can stop this. No, no. BK. Listen, I went to my old house, and what I found—I mean, I—I am still trying to understand it, Finch. That
5: red scarf. You found it under the old oak tree, right?
3: You. You talked to Dina?
5: No. How do you know all that? (laughs) Shit, man. You had that fucking scarf on the day I met you. I don't remember. You really don't remember the red scarf?
3: My mom made it for my father.
5: Not exactly. I guess that's part of the deal. What deal? You're not making any fucking sense, Finch. What deal? It's a deal as old as mankind. Remember, Miss O'Leary? Finch, I don't want to talk about that She now. made a deal for her daughter. Please, Finch, we don't have much time. And all their bloodline to protect her family tree from extinction. She sold it. She sold it to that devil in the caves. In every... Poor soul descended from that line has forevermore owed a debt to him.
3: I don't understand.
5: Yeah, well, you will. You will remember that scarf, too. first time i saw you in that red scarf i thought you was a poser (laughs) want to be grunger or some shit me and ty used to laugh and pick on you for it because you used to wear that ratty ass thing every day (laughs) even that hot ass summer (laughs) you were nice to me else would even talk to me They hated me before I even said a word but you were nice to me why were you nice to me
3: all of a sudden all of my fear and confusion melted away urgency too the whole world seemed to stop, and the past and the future stretched endlessly outward from this point. And for the first time since we were just kids, I dropped into the present moment with them. Just the two of us, momentarily protected from the inevitability of time itself.
5: Why were you nice to me?
3: Because you were alone. You were suffering. I know what that feels like. When the whole world is cruel to you and you feel like something is wrong with you and like you don't belong. Like you are unlovable.
5: You had someone though. Someone that loved you more than anything.
3: Strange. I forgot all about that scarf, but it's coming back to me now. My mother. That's right. I thought she made it for my father, but... No, she made it for you.
5: Made it while well, she, she was, was dying. You know, it's interesting how an object can travel through time right? and come to represent something completely different than it once did. For you, that scarf was a gift from your mother, Laura. Her hands, almost skeletal. They shook so bad from the thalidomide. She could barely hold the knitting needle. She couldn't grab through the back of the stitch with her forefinger and her thumb, so she used her teeth. That's why it smelled like her lip balm. Only thing she had to keep her lips from cracking. She was so frail there. At the end, it's gone, pale. All skin and bones and bald. But her lips, they were still shiny. And she still smiled wide. She finished the scarf, though. Something to remember by. She did. Something to keep her boy warm after she was gone. To shelter you against all the cold and all the darkness in the world. And most of all, to shelter you from the devil. From him. She was tough, though, your mother. When the devil came to collect his debt from Laura Solis, she refused, you know. What debt? She refused. She refused. And the devil took her instead. But he didn't take her right away, he took his time. He made her suffer. And now, that same red scarf has traveled through time. Now it's something else. So now it's, it's evidence. Torn pieces of it were found near the bodies by the cave. Wool fibers underneath Thomas' fingernails. But the prosecution could never find the article of clothing those fibers belonged to. They never knew about the red scarf poor Thomas Hadley his legs didn't work anymore because of the fall but he clawed with all the strength he had left in him his fingers grasping desperately blindly catching hold of that scarf and hanging on for dear life anyway what once represented everlasting love and warmth and protection is now just a emblem of death but right before she died your mother right before she closed her eyes for good do you remember what she told you no tell me tell me please tell me I don't remember forgive him forgive your father said he's got the darkness inside him too said you all did though said it was in your blood the family curse but forgive him because he loves you it was
3: him Finch it was him it was him your dad yeah
5: yes You knew that, didn't you? You've known all along. I thought you might say that. I dreamed you thinking it. It's true, isn't it? Uh, I've said too much already. Besides, that's for you to figure out, Julian. And when you do, you'll... You'll know what you need to do. What exactly do I need to do? remove yourself from the situation
3: if you know the truth then why have you never said it why are you waiting in this fucking cell until they put you to death why keep it a secret why give them what they want why do you want to be their monster when you know that you're not you're not a monster, Finch. You're my friend.
5: You know, it's taking me a long time to forgive you. After you betrayed me. What did you? I don't have a choice. Those feelings of betrayal were never going to help. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. It is the most powerful thing. I can almost see her now, your mom, sitting on her deathbed, devil behind her. You had to lean in to hear her speak because she was too weak to sit up herself. And she placed that red scarf around your neck and she looked you in the eye. Do you remember what she said? No. Forgive yourself, too.
0: Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's
1: trinityschool.org. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. mattresses and select goods that's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iheart exclusions apply see lisa.com for more details you deserve a moment to yourself every single day and a delicious bite of a keebler sandies can give you that comforting pause
5: Dana?
3: Dana. Yeah? I'm here. What is it?
6: I don't know exactly. It's a package. Just got home and found it here on my front steps. It's for you. Me? Yeah, Julian, for you.
3: Wait. Who's it from? It's from Tyler. I'll head over right now. Hey, Tina. Julian. You look really nice. I do? Yeah.
6: I actually haven't worn a dress probably since I was a little girl. It's grandma's half a century old or something. Got a few moth holes, but... I thought I'd wear it for the observance. I mean... What are you supposed to wear to your brother's execution?
3: I... I do not know.
6: And it's the last time you'll ever see me again, so I figured I should wear something pretty. is my goodbye dress.
3: There's still a chance. Have you heard from Jill?
6: Oh, sure. Talked to her 20 minutes ago. The governor has the letter.
3: Has he said he wouldn't consider the request? He
6: hasn't said anything. Hasn't responded at all.
3: There's still time.
6: Six hours and 35 minutes. Either way, I gotta be prepared, don't I? Look, I know you ain't the religious type, but can you please say a little prayer for James. Yes. Come in. Hello. Wait. What? Are Are you for real? Are you really telling me this right now? oh my god oh my god what okay okay what do i do right now what what channel okay thanks jill what (laughs) they're stepping in they're gonna delay the execution turn on the tv channel nine As Christians, we can't let a man be put to death when new evidence has come to light that could prove his innocence. <laughs> Next question.
0: Um, the appeals have all been denied. Is there a precedent for this Even considering...
6: all appeals have been denied, those appeals and court decisions were made before this new evidence. And we need to open this thing back up. I guess I could take this dress off.
3: <laughs> yes, ma'am. It's a nice dress, though. You, uh, you look really nice. You think so? I do.
6: (laughs) Can you, like, just hold me just for a little?
3: I held her for a long time, standing in her living room. Outside the wind began to blow and the rain began to fall. A storm was coming. She gave me the package from Tyler. My name with her address. He'd overnighted it. A small white box with only his initials and no return address. Finch wasn't a free man, but we'd won a huge battle. Gotten the noose off from around his neck at least for a little while. Even if the war was still raging, it felt like a victory. I drove back to the cemetery. There was something I needed to do. I should have done it when I first arrived in Pottsville. I needed to pay a visit to someone. Mom and Dad are buried at the top of a rolling hill in the middle, a plot reserved for our family. I took Tyler's package and walked up. The plot was overgrown with grass and weeds. Laura solace, the letters engraved on my mother's stone, were worn away from the harsh winters. I sat down beside mom's gravestone, leaned my back against it. I could look out and see all of Pottsville from here, the white steeple of the First Baptist Church stretching up above the small town, clutching its crucifix high in the sky to ward off the devils and the demons. Off in the distance, I could see where the swirling gray lightning storm had settled into the valley where the caves were like a vortex, lightning arcs flashing across the sky. Okay. I peeled open the package from Tyler. First thing I found was a handwritten note. Julian, Julian. I've had this, I've thing, had this thing hidden thing in away all these years, years. But, but I realize I, realize I, can't, I, leave I can't leave it here, here in my, my
2: house because they're going to search the place after they find me. But it ain't for them. I almost burned it, but it's not really mine, it's not really mine to destroy either. It's yours. It's your truth. It's your, truth. it's your decision about what to do with it. No one else. This That's has all, all the answers, answers you were looking for. Good luck,
3: buddy. buddy. Ta. It was a video camera, Sony Handycam Mini DV. I felt the weight of it in my hands—less than a couple pounds—but I could barely lift it. My mind was instantly flooded with memories. That summer after we met Finch, all the videos we made. It was the video camera. The one Tyler used to record everything. Everything that happened in the caves the night that the Hadley brothers died. Hey, Jill. Caitlyn. Congrats, it looks like we can all take a breath. I mean, you know, not the outcome I expected.
1: <laughs> What'd you
4: expect?
3: Well, I was trying to hold on to hope for Finch, but it felt like a losing battle, so I didn't expect something to actually go right for a change. I guess the universe is full of surprises, Jim.
4: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Well, I have another one for you.
3: Oh, yeah? What's that?
1: If you're driving, I need you to pull over before I can tell you.
5: I'm not driving.
4: James Venture just confessed to killing Deacon and Thomas Hadley.
2: Tucker as Julian Solace, Eddie Gathegi as James Fincher, Clark Peters as Detective Solomon Smith, Nick Searcy as Sheriff Kirby Hooper, Justin Wellborn as Tyler Wilson, Jill Jane Clements as Jill Campbell, Brad Carter as Dooley Tappert, Scott Poitras as Reverend Perkins, Samantha Ashley as Dina Fincher, Justin Matthews Smith as Paul Solace, Tara Oaks as Laura Solace, Jonathan Horn as Deacon Hadley. Alden Karanovich as Thomas Hadley, Mike W. Anderson as Griff Washington, Bodie Walteroth as Jimmy Fincher, Brian McClure as Ian Spinks, Larry Clark as Bobby Hadley, Peyton Fallis as Ed LeBlanc, Vic Palizas as William Fowler, Nick Tokoski as Richard Rydell, and Aileen Loy as The Darkness. With additional performances by Clint McGowan, Dina Dill, Edward Howard, Henry Foster Brown, Jamie Joseph, Juan Monsalves, Christopher Curry, Bailey Heineman, David Mitchell, and Bernard Sotaro Clark. Created by Connell Byrne and Dan Bush. Written by Dan Bush, Zoe Cooper, and Nicholas Tikoski. Featuring our theme song, Killer Inside. Written, produced, and performed by Lyra Lynn. Our executive producers are Matt Frederick, Alexander Williams, Michael Monti, and Courtney DeVries. Our executive producers at Blumhouse Television are Jeremy Gold, Chris Dickey, and Noah Feinberg. Produced by Dan Bush. Music by Ben Lovett. Additional music by Alexander Rodriguez. This episode features the song Darlin' Corey, performed by Helena Rose. Edited by Dan Bush, Chris Childs, Stephen Perez, and David Chen. Sound design by Benjamin Balcom. Additional sound design by Alexander Rodriguez. Dialogue editing and sound mixing by Juan Campos. Recorded at Studio Awesome in Los Angeles, Soundbite Studio in Atlanta, and Echo Mountain in Asheville. Casting by Sunday Bowling Kennedy and Meg Mormon. Our dialect coach is Linda Besesti. Assistant Director, Michael Monti. Second Assistant Director, Script Supervisor, and Production Coordinator, Sarah Klein. Supervising Producer, Josh Thane. Special thanks to Mary Ellen and Jason Davis, Jonathan Dieter, and Joe Rickman. The Manawalk Caves is a production of iHeartRadio.